Welcome to the Manufacturing Employer Podcast, where we talk workplace culture and all things related to the strategies that drive exceptional environments for employees. You'll hear conversations with those in the manufacturing space tasked with making their workplace better. Employee engagement, benefits, onboarding, hiring, we'll be discussing the working experience from top to bottom. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Manufacturing Employer. I'm your host, John Franco, co-founder of Gorilla76. We are the industrial marketing agency. We help manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. On today's show, we have someone that, quite frankly, is a huge part of the reason Gorilla is here today and having the success that we are. Longtime client, longtime friend. Our guest is one of those guys you meet and immediately just like. Authentic, kind, creative, adventurous, and overall just a good guy. As chief marketing officer of the Cordy Company, a nationally recognized leading design-build construction company, Todd Emming is responsible for the development and implementation of all communication efforts, as well as the formulation of new business strategies across all target areas. He's responsible for ads, portfolios, internet applications, public relations, direct mail, and sales support materials for existing and new business projects. He joined the company in 2004. Prior to his time at the Cordy Company, Todd held advertising positions at Artex International in the Puckett Group. His interest in marketing and advertising began during an internship with Expanded Metals. And Todd, help me here. Is it Hartlepool, England? It was uh, Hartlepool. Hartlepool, England. Yeah, known I, better known as the uh, Detroit of England. Nice, the Detroit of England. I like it. So our listeners not might be thinking now, why is a construction guy on a manufacturing podcast? Well, sometimes the best lessons on building an internal brand come from outside of the industry. Not to mention, the Cordy Company has years and years of building in the industrial space. So there's a lot to learn here. So with no further ado, Todd, welcome to the show or to the Toddcast, as you've been calling it, which I like, and, and we're going to continue to use that. Well, thank you. That was a, that was quite an intro. I'm, I'm blushing already. We can tell. We can tell. Yes. As the listeners just learned, the Cordy Company is not a manufacturing company, and you are not in human resources, which is a, a large, it's kind of what our listeners are made up of. Okay. But- you you guys build for manufacturers, and sometimes I think the best learnings come from outside of our immediate communities. The Cordy Company has an absolutely exceptional culture. I've seen it. I've walked the halls. You can feel it the minute you walk in the building. And I think the, our listeners can learn a, a lot from it you all are doing. So we'll get right into it. So Todd, tell us about the Cordy Company and tell, tell us about your role there. Okay. You kind of hit on a couple of things. So yeah, thanks for reminding me. And it was 2004, right? So 20 some years ago, I came over to the Cordy Company after spending a little bit of time at uh, both the agency side, ad agency side, and then on the marketing side at uh, Artex. And I came in, and uh, one of the one of the initiatives I was asked to take on was uh, the rebuilding of, of the brand. So that's that was my my number one priority. So. Right away, I, I dove into what made the Cordy Company tick. It wasn't uh, some some great realization on, on my part. There, there's a lot of things that were already in place. We had we had a great story. We we had a a wonderful history, and, and I think just the nature of 
what we were doing, what we do do at the in, in construction. You know, it, it's it's brick and mortar and steel and concrete, and there's something substantial about that, and so very concrete things to work with. No pun intended. But we had this rich history, so I, really, I just took that and I, I worked with the group up in in Chicago, and we explored some options about where the brand should be and what we had already in place and what we could what we could leverage without reinventing the wheel. Well, I mean, I think a lot of what comes through with your brand is this authenticity. Talk about that. I know there's a story about a truck and a saw and and Ralph, the founder, like, how did you tap into that to kind of start to create this this brand, so to speak, which, which not only is external facing and important for your potential clients and clients to know about, but the people you hire, I think it's an important part of the DNA there as well. So maybe you could talk about that. The Ralph Cordy, the, the founder in 1958, founded the Cordy Company. And the story goes more than a story is that the, the legacy of the Cordy Company began with Ralph Cordy and a, a pickup truck saw and, and 200 bucks. And he started off building barns, milk parlors, pig houses, did work for neighbors and grew from that. And I think those very modest and humble beginnings, that those are the traits that are still, I, I believe, in, entrenched in, in the Cordy company today. There's no bragging. There's no beating of the chest kind of stuff that goes on. Later on, I found out that that makes it somewhat difficult to pull stories out of of some of the people who work here. I mean, they're they're so modest, almost to a fault, that they don't really, at times, don't like to talk about themselves very much. So, so that was the beginning of the Cordy Company, and that whole work ethic. I can throw a bunch of idioms in here. Pulling up at the bootstraps. Midwestern values, all that stuff was really true. And Ralph personified that, and he surrounded himself with the same type of salt of the earth people who really, really took a lot of pride in in what they did and and how they went about their daily lives. So that that all kind of wraps up what the Cordy Company and the brand, those are the origins. You supply that sort of hard work and, and ethic with smart, street smart, educated smart people, and they build off of one another. I think one of the things that's so interesting to me and, and speaks so it speaks so highly to the the culture that's been created there and the quality of work that you all do is that one of the leading design build construction firms in the country. I mean, Ralph started out building milking parlors, but now the Cordy company is building for the Department of Defense. They're building for the Postal Service. I mean, they're they're doing massive projects, right? Sure. 800,000, 1.1 million square foot for projects of Amazon and Hershey and the USPS and like I said, the Department of Defense. But it's all being built out of Highland, Illinois, which... Granted, is is forty five minutes from St. Louis, Missouri, which is a fairly large city. But I think that speaks a lot to the culture that you all have built, where you are getting talent in a smaller town. Which I will say, Highland is one of the coolest small towns I've been in in a long, long time. I, I feel like it's kind of 
it hasn't gone the way of a lot of small towns. It has continued to build like pride. And there's definitely a, there's definitely a culture itself within Highland, obviously to get people to, and it's not hard for you all to find people either. I mean, you are getting talented, talented people. So that just tells me it's a great place to work. And then obviously I know it's a great place to work because I've interacted with the people. I've seen the awards. I know, but there are these there are all these different interesting folks you have. And, and you started to touch on this in terms of the storytelling earlier. I think it's a huge part of what you're doing. And I know with your marketing efforts lately, you've started to highlight more and more of those stories. How do you, especially knowing that these are sometimes reserved people, how do you go about getting those stories? Like what's the process look like? How do you how do you get someone to open up about the fact that they, yeah, they work in construction during the day, but they also we had a musician a few years back that that we learned, you know, there was all this, he, he played a lot of music. I mean, there's a million different stories and they're being told. How do you go about that? Basically, it's the hallway conversations. We do have a, not just a, a good work ethic here at the Cordy Company, but I think a lot of it is because it, it does feel like a family and you get to know people and you get to know what they do outside of work. So everyone's got an interesting story. You've all helped immensely with this. It's it's the telling of the story that is really the art of it all. You can you can you can walk 20 feet down the hallway and and meet four people and if you dig deep enough you are definitely going to find some some great stories. Everyone everyone grew up a little bit differently, went to a different school, if they went to a school at all, if, if the backgrounds are all over the board. And but the one thing that we have in common is that we're all we're all under this roof right now. That's a nice uh, tie together. It's a great commonality. That's really the great the great place to start is what do you do here at the Cordy Company? Why do you like it? What what is it that that brought you here and how did that come about it? And like I said, you start digging a little bit and, and it's just so interesting to see how many how many different ways people have come to reside at the Cordy Company. As a marketing guy, I, I know that any initiative you take, there is a, a goal of some sort. It, and it doesn't always tie to revenue, right? It doesn't have to tie to revenue. A lot of times the best things don't necessarily tie to revenue, especially when it comes to building an, an internal culture. So when you do these stories, in your mind, what is the purpose of them? What I mean, I, I think I, I know the answer to this, but I'm trying to put it out there for our listeners. Like, why why do you highlight these individual stories? Sure, and it, it's funny that a better marketing guy would have some revenue tied to the the end goal, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not that guy. I do believe that you know, like Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. If you tell the story, you're going to create this persona of the Cordy Company that not only highlights the kind of company it is, but it's it's also the kind of company that someone wants to work with, and that's that goes back to the tone of of the whole Cordy brand. It, it's very conversational, it's somewhat humble, it's never over the top. It's pretty much nuts and bolts of what a design construction person what they do throughout the day. What does that conversation sound like? What does it feel like? What does it look like? You know, a long time ago, we we came up with this definition and we tried to bottle this. We tried to put it in a category and we came up with the sophisticated grit. So that's the, the combination of the build smart, the street smart, the education smart, but 
we live and work in a very industrial construction-esque world. So those two things collide. We created this overall tone and, and called it sophisticated grit. What's the effect? Obviously, there's an external motive of of communicating that the potential clients and current clients of of the Cordy company. But what's that effect look like on the potential candidates you might be hiring or the company morale or just like that internal side of it? How does that translate? Uh, Hopefully, just like it sounds, we're not pulling any strings. We work in a construction industry. And hopefully that dirt, that mud, the steel, the rawness of putting up a building, putting up a facility, that is an appeal to the kind of people we want to be working here. That combined with being able to design that type of facility for some of the biggest brands and some of the biggest logistics people across the country, and that combined with the management style of who the Quarty Company is, and, and again, very straightforward we're not pulling any strings. It's this is this is what you're responsible for. This is what we expect of you. This is what the client expects from us. There's no there's no hidden agenda. There's there's nothing that that you know is behind the curtain. It's authentic. There you go. It's authentic. So I see a lot of posts from you all. I, I saw one, I think it was yesterday, or I saw it yesterday. It may have been a couple of days old. I'm not sure based on when it was posted on Instagram. 17-year anniversary, I believe it was. I see these all the time. What keeps people at the Cordy Company? How, how do you keep turnover to a minimum? For, for the people out there listening that are all battling the fight of having a hard time finding people, having a hard time retaining people, How from you, you've been there since 2004. I mean, we're looking at a 20-year anniversary coming up. Yeah. What has kept you there? What keeps others there? What are you hearing in the hallway? Well, I'd have to go with the stellar marketing. <laughs> I agree. You must have a good agency. <laughs> I think, again, I'm going to go back to authenticity. When people sign up to work at the Cordy Company, they they know who we are. They know what we're about. So it's it's not like they get in here for a couple of years and like, oh, this is this is not what I expected. This is who are these people? When when people you know, begin their careers at the Gordy Company, there are no real surprises. When I say no surprise, that doesn't mean that there's there's not opportunities for growth. There's not, you know, that that is not what I'm saying. They know what they got themselves into in, in, in a good way. And that, and once they, once people start working here, sounds like a goofy word, but the camaraderie of people, we've got a lot of people who've been here 20 plus years. And we've got people who have been here for two weeks. I think one of the things that makes it so special is that these people with experience out in the field, they aren't there to protect what they know and proving a point that they're the best at what they do. I think they're very open to letting the younger generation move into those positions there's from what i've seen that you know there's not a whole lot of back and forth or protecting my job site it's it's really this team effort 
and again, it's a, it sounds like a overused type of a description, but I, I do see that here. It's refreshing to see older, more experienced people helping out the, the, the greenhorns, so to speak. I observe it too, as someone externally. And, and I think it's something I've always, and I think this is part of the overall brand, which is something I want to talk about here in a bit, but the Cordy company and we probably started working together, I would guess, in 2009-ish. Maybe I could figure all that out. Mm-hmm. We did a little email project for you. But to date, there has never been one interaction with your company that felt... I mean, we're the vendor. We're, we're the one that if you're going to beat up on anybody, it's going to be the Cordy company. And, and not just you. It could be the person in accounting. It could be the C-suite. We've ne- We've never been treated as a vendor with anything other than the utmost respect. I've never got a single check late from the Cordy company. Every bill has been paid and on time. Those things to me all tied to the brand. That is all part of who you are. It's a handshake is as good as anything anymore. And and you're you're one of the places still I feel like those values still hold up. Maybe it's those maybe it's the Highland roots, maybe it's the Midwestern roots. But overall I just love the brand you've created. And as we know, are actively creating. And, and it's not just what comes out of the CMO's office. It's the whole entire company. In terms of the things that you are doing, you know, I see a 1958 hat on right now, or just the 58, based off when Ralph started the company. I was mm-hmm. at the airport a couple of weeks ago. I see a 1958 hat walking down, which I immediately recognized. I wear one of those hats all the time because they're actually they're they're like their company swag that somebody gives you that you're like I want to wear this unlike some that you're like hey thanks and it goes in the drawer. Mm-hmm. How have you built this? How have you approached it from a creative direction standpoint? Maybe you could talk about some of the out of the box ideas you've had. I just want to hear about it from the from a marketing perspective. Your part, your part portion of building this brand, how you've you've gone about it. First of all, no one does it on their own. I've, I've had a lot of help throughout the years. So I, I would think that would be one of the most important things is you, you know, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> I never to... am. So it works well. <laughs> yeah. I've never really run into that issue either. So you just surround yourself with smart people. And you want to also surround yourself with people who might not be fully engrossed and or aware of what you do on a daily basis. Exactly what we're doing here. That keeps your perspective fresh. That keeps your your options and your mind open. Every day I live and breathe the Cordy Company. Wake up and I might have an idea. It might be a horrible idea. And then, you know, it's always great to bounce these creative ideas or if they're losers off of off of someone else. You you've been at the other end of that phone call. I know. Just last week we were concepting, if you want to call it that, looking for the right words. We haven't found them yet, but we will. So it, it's an everyday learning experience, and it's a personal. I I take it as a personal challenge to not only feature what the brand means, but also stretch that, you know, just a little bit. Again, outside the box. We we've done some crazy stuff. We've failed at some things. We I once painted on the side of Second a, Life. <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't we won't go into that story anyway. If you once painted that was a, that was a good one. Well, I've actually painted uh, on the side of a job trailer, blood, sweat, and tears. So the safety guy came over and said, "Yeah, we don't want the, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the word blood on anything that we own." I'm like, okay, live and learn. We've had some 
some mailings that uh, were just goofy and and wrong but you know you, you learn by doing something that doesn't work there's no risk there's no reward what about some of the like internal branding projects like i think i think of the again i keep going back to like the hat and the shirts and the stuff that i actually want to wear i have several of these t-shirts and hats in my daily rot- rotation of the things I wear all the time. Cause they're, and the other thing you, you always do is you buy stuff that people actually want to wear good quality shirts. Well, things make a difference, but then beyond that, it's when I'm walking in the hallways at the Cordy company and there's, there's giant posters hanging up of recent projects you've won. Again, clients aren't seeing that that's for internal purposes. Talk about that internal marketing. What are some of your favorite projects you've done there? Sure. Well, now you're putting me on the spot. We've done, you know, I would say personal stories are up there with things that I think are cool. Get to really learn what makes people tick. I had this idea to do a timeline on uh, one of our lobby hallways. It started off as someone said, oh, we've got this blank wall. How about you think of something to, to put up there? Like, well, okay. How about from 1958 to at the time it was 2000 and 10, whatever. So I started just thinking about what I could put on the wall. Well, it ended up being like a two-month project. I So I got about 200 CD, blank CD cases, and I printed off little squares and I put in, I, I made this huge timeline from 1958 to, and had company milestones. And it had, you know, Ralph 40 saw that was mounted to the wall. It had a shovel. It had a jar of dirt from a groundbreaking. It had, you know, old nails from a barn. And it just uh, it just grew from there. So it turned into almost like a uh, a walking museum timeline of the of the Cordy company. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then I think a year later we uh, tore down the wall. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Construction companies when they're bored they just uh, tear down walls of their own place and you know redo offices. So what would you tell the the folks out there who are listening that I, I know I keep getting very tactical here, but it's time for them to create some kind of t-shirt for their their company and 99.9% of the companies out there buy the the cheap t-shirt that's miserable to wear that's not comfortable it has a neck that's too tight it's like rough they just slap a logo on it and they call it a day mm-hmm. versus you wh- how do you look for inspiration how do you decide to do a hat a certain way or to a t-shirt design how do you think through that versus hey let's just slap a logo on a on a shirt and call it a day. You have to create stuff that people actually want to wear. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm I'm kind of a t-shirt junkie. So I'm I'm constantly looking at different logos and different applications, different retro stuff, different modern stuff. And again, the Cordy Company has a huge, I'll call it a library, an arsenal of content and information and photos and old stuff a lot of cool old stuff cool old stuff yeah go but you know i just this morning i just went up to the, the attic here and looked through some old boxes and you're, you'll always find something i'm currently working on two different uh, retro logos right now so i mean would you say it's as simple as making things that you want to wear yourself yes that's exactly that's exactly how simple it is and, uh, you know, there has to be a certain amount of, lack of a better word, some some empathy. You have to know what other 
you can't just do what you want. If it, if it was me, it'd be all like black t-shirts and skulls, but uh, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to uh, breathe the room a little bit. And, and I think if you went, if I were at another company, the first thing I would do is just look through the files, look through the logos, look through again, what, what's making this place tick. Is it a figurehead? Is it a special place? Is it an address? You know, th- there's inspiration comes from anywhere you want to look. I, I remember there was a very simple quote that I, you pulled and you've used it in a few places. And it was something that Ralph said a long time ago. And it was, I'd rather drive nails than eat. And I like to me, that that's a perfect example of something that I don't know, six, seven words. I'm trying to count while I'm talking, which is not going to work, but very simple, a sentence, but what a powerful thing to put on a hat, a shirt, a poster, et cetera. And I think that's a perfect example of going through the attic or whatever it is. It might be files on a computer or whatever, but I feel like most companies, when you look through the archives, there are some fascinating elements that can really help continue to build that culture and continue to kind of keep that heritage, which I think is a really important part of a lot of companies. I do too. And yeah, I'd rather drive nails and eat is something he just said in a, you know, in an interview. It's one of the, you know, he said about 200 different things <laughs> so that we could use any one of those. And so I guess my point is figure out what, what is driving your company's personality. And I don't want to say what uh, differentiates you, but what is it that your company is extremely proud of? Not proud is the wrong word. What, what is it that makes you unique? And unfortunately, we've got this this long history and there's there's a ton of things as the Cordy company grew up through the years that has helped produce fodder for marketing people like me. Changing directions a bit, build smart. You were talking about when you went up to Chicago earlier in the in the show, and that was ultimately a, a one of the things that you left when you came back with you came up, you came back with this mantra of, of build smart. Externally. It's a strong tagline. It's simple, memorable. It's call to action. Internally, how does Build Smart influence the way you all go about business at the Cordy Company? How does that affect culture? How does that uh, affect the mindset of the employees of the Cordy Company? I mean, it's it's the the two, at least from my perspective at the Cordy Company, is the two strongest words you can have to boil it down to two words. You know, I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Well, we we spent about three or four days locked in a room up in Chicago, probably four or five of us, and and we took we took everything that we knew. And I didn't know a whole lot about the Cordy Company back then. I I was two years, maybe one year in. I'm like, okay, probably one year in. What is it that the Cordy Company is about? And it was this combination of, you know, these people have been here for thirty years, 35, 40, whatever, this experience out in the field. It's crazy what they know. It's the the how to be more efficient, how this works, how this subcontractor is going to agree to this and that. And so it's all this 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 expertise that that they brought to every single job site. And then we had this also this this other side of the coin is this the educational facet of the people who were working at the Cordy Company, and we've, you know, the, the architects, the designers, people were going to school for construction management, which was not even really a thing back then. So they're basically writing their own curriculum and 
and, and coming to work for the Cordy company and, and breaking all of these barriers of, of, you know, what construction management means, what it means to be more efficient, what it means to, you know, work better with the subcontractor. So there was the, the whole, that smart word really wraps up a, a, a whole lot of different kinds of people and a different, not only different people, but different kinds of smart. There's all sorts of different kinds of smart. I love the line. And and I want to make sure that I, I, Gorilla takes zero credit for that. That, that you guys, I, I wanted to make sure that was clear on this. I was calling it brilliant. I wasn't patting ourselves on the back because that, that was done well before we started working with you all. But yeah, I mean, that's a copy. That's kind of like the holy grail for a copywriter. It's a call to action. It's two words. It is so, it's one of those things you hear and you just kind of get it. You you get, it's like, it helps you understand immediately the DNA of this company. When it first came about on the, on the, on the board with the dry markers and stuff, we looked at it for a while, like kind of did a, huh, one of those. And I knew we had something, but I didn't know what kind of shelf life it was going to have, but it turns out shelf life's pretty good on this one. So. Yeah. I love it. Any unique things, benefits? Oh, yeah, we'll we'll just call them benefits. The Cordy Company has that that you really really like, or you think maybe is a little different than what other companies are doing, or anything there. Personally, from a marketing guy's perspective, and and I I don't think I'm alone here. I, I think there's designers and there's uh, project personnel that work in the office. It's pretty well encouraged that you go visit sites. I love doing it. I, I love going out to a job site, say Lidl in Atlanta and watching watching the metal go up, watching the, the roof go on, watching the, the footing footings get dug. I just came back from a job in at Hershey's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And it's it's just beginning and you, you get to see all the uh the plumbing is going in, the footings are are starting up and you know in six months you can look at that piece of ground and it's going to be in, completely transformed into, into something that you hadn't imagined. And it, it's one of the coolest things is to go out to the site and you see the work get done. Imagine you're a little kid and you get to see yeah. the big trucks rolling around. Or I was going to say like when you're a kid and you're doing Legos and it like you look at the first page and then I would always do the thing where I'm like, all right, I wonder what it looks like, like eight pages from now. And you're like, oh man, this is really coming together now. It, it's probably a similar kind of feeling, really. It really is. I, I wish I had a better mind because I know what it looked like two weeks ago. I try to imagine what that scene is going to look like while I'm there in in three months. And I have a really hard time putting that together. So it makes it interesting for sure. I know... I know something you and I have talked about in the past is that something Cordy does pretty well, and I've observed this as, as well, is celebrating the win. I feel like whether that's a poster in the hallway or it's a beer cooler getting opened up on a Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. what role does that have in, in terms of that company culture you're building? I think it's pretty obvious. We all know that's a good thing, but... I think there's a lot of companies that don't do that. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a shame that every company doesn't celebrate because everyone in the office, on in the field, is they're they're busting their butt. And like I said, there's a sense of of personal pride why you work hard, but there's also a, a sense of overall 
an achievement that comes with working with a team, working with a company. And if you always just know that you're doing the best you can and don't hear any sort of response, and I won't say accolades because it's not really about getting the, the, the pat on the back so much. It's just when you see everyone together and everyone is enjoying the fact that we were able to capture this project or finish this project on on time under budget, whatever those whatever that is, it's different when everyone is together on the same page. I mean, you can you can work in your own little personal bubble and be somewhat satisfied about, oh, you know what, I'm doing a great job. Look, look at me. But it doesn't it doesn't really mean as much as it does when you see, for instance, I, I know you played football probably probably could have gone pro but yeah it's that that old injury though that cut me out but but there there is that sort of locker room mentality about hey this is we did this together yeah and i don't think that's lost when when you grow up and when you get a a real job and those feelings are still just as real as they were when you were a kid well and i i think celebrate yeah I, i totally agree and something that you just mentioned that resonates with me is when I was a kid, I took piano lessons and I had two different teachers. One teacher, it was practice once a week. Well, it was a lesson once a week and then you practiced all week, but there was never a recital. I did that for three or four years. And then for whatever reason, I I can't remember why I switched, but I went to a different teacher and she believed strongly. And I think we had three or four recitals a year and her whole mindset was if you're going to have someone put all this time in, there needs to be this opportunity f- to all come together with the other kids that are taking lessons for the parents to come to hear to celebrate a little. And I think that was such, all of a sudden I went from hating piano lessons to all of a sudden I was like, well, this is a lot more fun now. It's a totally different example, obviously, and it's definitely not apples to apples, but there is something if if people just constantly work in their little box and don't get to see what else is going on and don't get that chance to just kind of have their moment, I don't think it's nearly as rewarding. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've got our pre-construction department estimating, and a lot of times between the pre-con folks and the, the design people, all of the work that leads up before we even dig any dirt. It's amazing the amount of work that that goes on just to send in an RFP or or request for proposal, request for information. There's binders and binders of estimates and different designs, different layouts. And all of that is before (laughs) we even start sweating on a job site. It's crazy. The, uh, the amount of work that goes into just capturing a project. And I think especially for those people to, to see that not only did we capture it, we built it. This is this is this is all your work from three years ago to today. Makes total sense. All right. As we start to kind of conclude here today, if there was one takeaway you have for our listeners to leave with and to kind of take out of this podcast when you think about culture, personality of a company, what do you think it would be? What what would you want to encourage someone who's working in HR and trying to build a great culture at their company? What would you as a marketing guy in construction, maybe kind of want to to preach to them? Wow. Okay. I think there's two different things. I said it before. I think empathy is underrated. 
I think knowing or at least having an understanding of what people are about and what makes them tick is priceless. And and in order to be empathetic, there cannot be any ego involved. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So you have to give yourself to, let's say, the company, but to the overall benefit of your career. Not to say that you need to work all the time and never think about anything else other than work. And no one does. There are some people that probably do that. I don't do that. But when you are in the position of at work and doing it, you have to give it everything. And that includes the empathy part of understanding what other people, what they expect of you. Maybe not what you expect of them, but doing the right thing is is definitely part of that equation. And then if you flip-flop that thing all the way over, I, it's always sort of kind of worked for me is like, these aren't my words. I probably won't get them exactly right. But if you avoid all risk, you never know what you're capable of. And so if you don't, if you don't go out there, you're going to be mediocre. That's no fun, especially marketing. We're kind of in the spotlight sometimes and not, not because we want to be, but because I think everyone can do marketing. <laughs> That's, I hear that everyone can build an ad. Everyone can do a logo. You know, it's, it's like the one thing that everyone, it seems like a, a participation project at times. <laughs> it's not. There's a lot of things that go into branding and identity and collateral pieces that that a lot of people don't know about, don't think about. But everyone, when they see something, that reaction, everyone can have a reaction to a brand, a logo, a message. And that's what sometimes makes marketing difficult. They confuse that with being able to do it. They can have a reaction to it, but can... And I, I'm not trying to say that marketing is like the uh, the hardest thing in the world to do, but to do it right, it's pretty hard. I yeah, think. <laughs> it is the one that seems to be under the spotlight at times. Anyway, that I got off the subject, but that no, was- you're, it was great. And, and there were two things you you said that I love. And our friend who we both have worked with in the past, Derek, maybe he was helping us with SEO stuff way back in the day. But he told me a few years ago, he said emotional intelligence is the modern currency. Being able to understand empathy and all those things. So I, I totally agree there. And it's it's an area I'm trying to grow in as well. And then to your your point about like, sometimes like you just got to jump in and you got to take some risk. But there's this great quote from from John Wayne, which I love. Grew up as a kid watching John Wayne with my, my grandpa. But courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. And and I love that. That that's like what courage is, right? Like, I, who knows how this is going to go, but we got to give it a shot and we got to try it. And that could be a that could be a new benefit package you're rolling out. That could be a new new marketing project you're doing. That could be a new company branding project. It's you don't know how it's going to go, but this is we're we're going to go. We have the information we have, and we're going to do the best we can with it, and we're going to learn from it. Then we'll continue to adjust moving forward. It, it could be a podcast. It could be a podcast. There you go. <laughs> Todd, how can our listeners learn more about you uh, and kind of what you guys are doing at the Cordy Company? I think the easiest way to find out about the Cordy Company is just visit our page, which would be www.cordyco.com. And from there, you can get to our social platforms where we've got 
quite a number of uh, YouTube videos, which I certainly enjoy They're making and awesome. to help the Switzer film. Yeah, if, if a picture's worth a thousand words, the, the 30 second, 45 second videos are are worth volumes. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because they do a great job of painting the picture of the culture at Cordy. And, and what I'll try to do is we'll try to link to some of those in the show notes. Some people can make sure to check out some of those, those yeah, videos. You know, the job as the boss would be a great encapsulation of what Cordy is and what the brand stands for. To this day, I still think that's one of the most like perfect spots I've ever seen. And again, Gorilla had nothing to do with that, that project, <laughs> but it was way before our time. But it was the project that like really set the bar for us to be like, okay, these guys take marketing seriously. It just paints the culture perfectly. Todd, as always, pleasure talking with you. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. Everyone, there you have it. Episode three of the Manufacturing Employer is a wrap. To our listeners, I'll catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Employer. And until then, keep putting your people first. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Employer Podcast. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about our approach to industrial marketing and the role that company culture has in moving manufacturing forward, visit Gorilla76.com.